Pastor Neil, pass those buckets around. It is great to see you. Thank you, worship team. You can head off. You guys are amazing. Well, how are you? You good? You all right? Look, I know that heat can make people tired, and I know this because yesterday, I, it was hot. I was not in aircon. I had a big week before youth launch, and I was just like zero motivation. So hello, everyone. Let's, let's stay with me. Let's do our best. It's actually not, it's not hot. Sorry, I take it back. It's not actually hot. It's actually all right in here. But what I want to address first, something very important. This is the most important. Can't move on without this. I heard, who was at Redcliffe this morning? Anyone at Redcliffe? Got some few people at Redcliffe? Can you guys uh, confirm this? I heard from a few good sources who obviously love me that Hendrico was out there slandering, well, maybe it's not slander. He was talking bad about me. It's not slander because slander's not true. Uh, he was talking trash about me from the pulpit, from the stage. Well, guess what, Hendrico? Now I've got the microphone. <laughs> He, we play, you know, we're good friends. Monday, my day off, he invites me to go play golf. I feel safe. I feel secure going and playing golf with a good friend on my day off. And so we play golf. I have a good first few holes. That's why I reckon he was a little bit salty about it, because I, I beat him in the first few holes. I'm not a golfer. I'm not a golfer. I'm not a golfer. I was borrowing his clubs. Uh, and then, you know, it went downhill. Anyone done that before? You have a good couple, and then it just went downhill from there. That's what happened. It just went really downhill. And he's a good friend, so he's kind to me throughout the whole game. And I'm like, that's nice. He treated me well. He didn't do too much trash talk, like a healthy amount. Then I find out, though, behind my back, when I'm not even there, he's at Redcliffe telling everyone at Redcliffe how badly he beat me in golf. Is that correct, Kai? Is that correct? Well, I just want to start this tonight by James 4, verse 6. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Anyway, I just wanted to start that. Well, let's dive into the actual message. If you got some truth out of that, God bless you. Uh, it's been an incredible start to the year, as we've been saying over and over again, but it honestly just really has been. I've been in Emerge Church, Albany Hills Church, since 2010. 11, uh, and I've never seen anything like this. And I just think we're seeing so much fruit come from Pastor Mark and Nina's decision to do a week of prayer and fasting at the start of the year, which was something they felt God lead them to do. And we're just, you know, we're a month in and we're already seeing amazing fruit from that decision of giving God that first week of seeking Him first. And so I just wanna share a little bit of fruit before I get into my message of what God's been doing in a bit of the youth space amongst our youth team. Uh, our youth team, we do like a leader's launch before youth. So we want to kind of get, give the vision to the team. We want to pray. We want to, you know, get together before we actually launch youth. And so not last Friday, but the Friday before, we, uh, we decided to do that. And we had our leader's launch. We had some dinner. Uh, we had a good time. And then we, we praised God. We worshiped him. And it was amazing. And just something changed in that night. There's a whole other story that I'm not even going to share tonight. I'm going to wait until we kind of walk this out with God first. And then I'll tell you another day about a bit of a stepping out of the boat moment. Uh, but what happened was at the end and we're doing um, worship and it's amazing. People are encountering God. People just, it was, it was incredible. It was, it was amazing what was happening. And then it's getting close to nine o'clock. And if you don't know, 9 p.m. is like our noise kind of cut off. And so we can't have drums. We can't have loud noise after nine. And so we're kind of like, okay, let's just bring it down. And so I walk over to Keys. Uh, Keith, who's on the keys, and I, I'm like, hey, let's just kind of like drop it down here and let's just do some keys and let's just leave it at that. And, you know, do a bit of an instrumental, no singing or anything. 
And we, this happens, we're singing this, this song, we're up here, we're having this amazing, it was already incredible, what God was doing was already amazing, and we just drop it down to this instrumental, no singing, no nothing, and all of a sudden, what was already an amazing night, in that moment, as we just began to wait on God, it just went to another level, something just broke, something just changed, something shifted in the atmosphere, and people started to just cry under the power of God, people just started to, you know, speak out and praise God and speak in tongues and prophesy, we had an interpretation of tongues, which I have not seen that much in my life, uh, which was amazing, we had someone... We had someone, you know, speak out in tongues quite loud and actually feel they felt like there was going to be an interpretation, which if you know, you know, it actually doesn't happen that much, uh, but they felt it. And then someone else come up to me and they're like, hey, actually, as they said that, I really felt that this is what they were saying. And I'm like, amazing, praise God. To me, that's just showing that God is moving. Uh, and it was one of those kind of nights where you probably, you either would really want to bring your non-Christian friend to or you really wouldn't want to. It's like they're either going to see it and they're going to say, oh my goodness, this is the most amazing thing ever. I need to give my life to Jesus. Or they're going to see it and they're going to run out the doors and be like, what the heck is happening here? Uh, just people on their faces. And this is for, I don't know how long, like 45 minutes, just like we didn't even sing that much. We sung like one chorus and then the singers ended up just sitting down here because just the power of God was just moving. And I went up to them, I'm like, hey, you guys can go down if you want. And they didn't even acknowledge me. They just stayed there and they're just like, because God was just moving in a powerful way. God was really moving. And that, that was just such an encouragement to me as the youth pastor that God has something for Emerge Youth, that God is moving in Emerge Youth. And then last Friday, Friday just gone, we had our Emerge Youth launch tonight, which was amazing. So we were all here. We brought all locations in on a Friday night as we do a couple of times a term. Uh, and it was, just, it was just an incredible night. I cannot remember uh, a more powerful and more amazing launch night, first night of a year uh, at Emerge Youth. You know, there was salvations. There was multiple salvations. We had, we had healings happen here on Friday night. And like, come on, let's praise God for healings. Let's never stop giving God praise for healings, but also salvations as well. Like, that's actually the bigger thing to me. <laughs> we should praise him for that. Uh, but there was, he there was salvations, there was healings. You know, teenagers are so funny with that stuff. Pray for this young guy, and we're praying for him, and praying for his knee, and his knee was clicking and then kind of hurting, he said. He said, pray, 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 and then I asked him, and he, I'm like, oh, test it out, test it out, and he walked in, he's like, oh, yeah, it's good. And I'm just like... And I'm like, oh, was it hurting before? And just like no way to kind of tell what was going on. He's like, yeah, it's healed. And I'm like, can you come up on stage with me and share that? And he's like, yep. And so he just walked up and I said, you know what? His knee was hurting and now it's healed. And, he's, and then I gave him the mic. And he's like, yeah, it was hurting and now it's not hurting. And I'm like, praise God. <laughs> but just like, you know, childlike faith, childlike faith. Uh, and we had multiple healings. And you know what? I want to, out of my own conviction, I want to encourage you guys with me tonight. Um, even just with a lot of healing stuff, like I, I want, I really want to see healings. That's the thing I want to see. But something that I struggle with is, like, I can be cynical about it, and so I just want to be a bit vulnerable here because maybe there's people who think the same way. So we had, we had some people, uh, some teenagers, say that they were healed of some things, and my mind went to. Uh, straight, like, I just noticed my mind went straight away to, like, oh, they're just kind of, like, jumping on with the trend because other people said they got healed. It was like, you know, it's that age. They, you know, they just go along with the crowd. And I just caught myself with that. I'm like, why am I thinking that? You know, 
even if that is the truth, why am I going to speak that over them? Why not, like, if you're going to choose A or B, A, be cynical and believe that it's not true, or B, have faith and believe, hey, no, God did heal them, that was a miracle, you're going to choose B every time. Even Like, who cares? I just want to encourage you. I've been thinking of it a bit lately. Like, let's not be cynical. If you're choosing between having faith and being cynical, even if cynical is maybe more, like, maybe right, who cares? Have faith. Choose the faith side of it. So there you go. That one's for free. But out of all of the salvations and the healings, one of my favorite parts of that youth launch night is a moment where it was kind of coming to the end and uh, I just, we just decided, it's like, hey, we're just gonna wait on God for a moment. And uh, it's not something that we've done heaps in Emerge Youth because it can get awkward. You know, it can get awkward with adults, with teenagers. They get distracted so much faster. It's like, it's not really, it's like, is this a good idea? But then once again, just straight away, conviction from God. He's been doing that a lot lately. He's like, just like, we need teenagers who know how to wait on God. And so it's like, where are they going to learn to wait on God? They're not going to go and learn it themselves. It's like, you need to teach them. So it's like, well, Emerge Youth, we're going to wait on God. And so we just dropped it down. We didn't sing. And we just let it. And I would watch this happen. And I haven't seen anything like this. They just stayed in the presence of God. They were just lifting their hands. They were closing their eyes. And they were just having a moment with God, which has just went on and on and on. for. And like out of that, there was the salvations and healings out of that. And so I was just inspired by that. And I remembered, you know, the importance. I've been remembering the importance of waiting on God. You know, there's a constant battle for our attention. Constant. All the time, there's a constant battle. From the moment you wake up and open your eyes in the morning, there is a battle for your attention, whether it's like, you know, you're going on your phone. Maybe you, your alarm is on your phone and you're like straight away the messages or your emails or Instagram or something like that. There's a battle for your attention from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep. Uh, and there's just all these things fighting for your attention. You know, sometimes it even goes into my sleep. If I'm stressed about something enough, I'll dream about it. And so I can't even escape from it there. Uh, you know, whether it's work, your boss, you know, family, kids, whether it's social media, sports, news, bills, you know, all these things are somehow fighting for all of our attention at all times, and they all need us 100% all at the same time. You know, there's a quote I want to read here that says, you are where your attention is. This is from an article, so it's this guy saying, you are where your attention is, Sullivan told me, and as it happens, our attention is nowhere and everywhere at once. Ads, smartphones, apps, social media, the internet, we're captive to an endless parade of distractions. And tonight I want to talk to you about the lost art of waiting. I want to talk to you about the lost art of waiting and the battle for your attention. We're going to start by turning to Psalm 46 verse 10, which tells us how to do this, how to wait, what to do when we wait. Psalm 46 verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. You know, I want to say to you tonight, in a day and age where there are more distractions than ever before, we need to master the art of waiting. Let's pray, let's pray. God, we just thank you for what you are doing in Emerge Church, in Emerge Youth, amongst all the people. Lord, even in North Brisbane. Lord, we just, I even just thank you for the testimonies I've heard from other churches and other youth ministries that you're just doing something new this year. Lord, there's something stirring. There's something building in Brisbane, Father, amongst the churches. So I just pray right now, Lord, you would just help us to continue that. We just want you to have your way, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that part of this, part of this movement is us being able to wait on you, Lord, having those times to abide 
abide in the vine, Father. And I just pray right now, Lord, as, as we speak, as I speak tonight, Lord, you would speak to your people. Lord, show them the value of waiting on you, Lord. Let it not be my words, let it be your words. And I pray that later tonight, as we wait on you, you would speak to people, you would touch people. Lord, they would have an encounter with you that changes their life. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen, amen, amen. You know, nobody, I mean, you're crazy, but if you like waiting, but I don't think anybody likes waiting. I think like a good test. Imagine this, you have to go to a doctor's appointment and you go and you sit in the waiting room and then you realize you left your phone at home. So you don't have your phone on you. How long do you think it takes of waiting before you pick up a magazine off like the table next to you and just start reading like a woman's weekly or something like that or, you know, better homes and gardens when I don't care about my home being better or a garden, uh, you know. Waiting, it sucks. No, I don't think anybody likes waiting. We have actually, I was reading something, we have cured boredom. Do you know that? We've cured boredom. Boredom wasn't cured before. I, I think I was born in a day and age where boredom was already cured, so I can't speak on this too much. But let's even go back hundreds of years. No, none of you are around then. Hundreds of years ago, is like boredom was something that, you know, a lot of time you had to go make your own fun, but then there's only so long that you could throw a rock around before it kind of got boring. Is that, but these days, we have so much to stimulate our minds, to stimulate our brains. We go from this thing to that thing to that thing. We have the whole world in our pockets. It's insane that what I have access to right here is like all the movies, you know? You've never been able to, you know, the internet and streaming has ruined movies. Has anyone, has it ruined movies for anyone else? When you used to like go and get a DVD or something like that, you were stuck with it. You're like, oh, I'm gonna watch it. And then sometimes you watched a bad one, but then it's funny, because it's like, remember that really bad movie you watched? Now you get like 10 minutes into it, and you're like, ah, I don't really like this. And you just give up and you go find something else. I don't know if that's just me, but that's the case for, uh, for me, is it's just like, we just have everything right there, right there with us. And we've cured boredom. We don't know how to wait anymore, but it's so important to wait on the Lord. Does anyone agree with that? It's so important to know how to wait on the Lord. It's in waiting on the Lord that God renews our strength. You know, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. That's in the Bible. People love to quote Philippians 4.13, you know, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But it's actually in the waiting that we get that strength. It's not just like, hey, God, give me strength, you know, or just, you know, he's just gonna give it to me. It's in the waiting that we get that strength. It's in the waiting that God speaks to us. Has, are, you, are you saying, God, why aren't you speaking to me? Are you waiting on him? That's where God speaks to us. You know, it's in the waiting that we continually surrender control to God. You know, we need to be continually surrendering control to God, not holding on to anything too tightly, but going back to Him, God, I give you this, I give you this, I give it back to you every day. It's in the waiting, you know, that all these things, strength, He speaks to us and we surrender to Him. And if we don't spend time waiting on God, we end up trying to work in our own strength without hearing from God and without surrendering it to Him. That's not a very good way to live. You know, maybe you're in this room and you're not a Christian and you're like, why do I need to wait on God? You know, tonight, as we have a moment to wait on God, my prayer is that as we wait on Him, you feel His presence for the first time, that you, your life is transformed by meeting God for the first time. If you're a new Christian, it's in the waiting where God speaks to you and shows you His calling and His purpose for your life. If you're what I'm gonna call a veteran Christian, you know, you've been around the block a few times, it's in the waiting where you get the new wine, where you get that fresh touch from Him, where it doesn't grow old, but we just keep going back. There's still more of God. That's in the waiting where we find it. I'm gonna go back to Psalm 46.10. And it starts with this. It says, be still. It starts with those two words, be still. We're gonna look at these two words to start. 
Because often being still is the hardest part. It's the hardest part. And often being still is actually where we all fail when we wait on God. You know, we are, you know, in worship tonight, maybe you're really worshiping in a thousand hallelujahs, first worship song. You're like, I love this song. And then the team transitions to the next song and you're kind of like, the hands go down. Like, I'm guilty of that. It's like one song, all right, hands down, and we have to wait a second. And it's just like, you check out. We don't know how to wait. And it's in the being still that we often fail. It's where we kind of can check out. But that's why it's important to learn how to be still. You have to prepare yourself knowing that distractions are gonna come when you wait on the Lord. Do you know, can everyone do something for me? Can you put your hands out in front of you like this, both your arms? And you're gonna love this if you're like a gym bro. Just tense both your arms right now and try to keep them as still as you can. I'm seeing lots of, ooh. Jeanette Fennell is dead still. She is just like, she, is, she knows how to be still and know that the Lord is God. Uh, all right, now tense your legs. Now tense your core. You're tensing everything. It's, it's a little bit hard to kind of stay still. I see lots of people do a little bit of shit. You can stop now. You can stop. <laughs> You're going to go home with a six pack. <laughs> but if you're all tense like that, you know if someone tells you like freeze and that's when it's actually hardest to be still? Like if you actually think about freezing, that's actually when it's hardest. It's because you kind of freeze, you lock up, you tense up. But when we want to be still, it actually requires us to relax, requires us to let go of control. Does that sound scary to anyone in the room? Letting go of control? It's a bit scary. You know, it requires us to stop thinking and trying to do it in our own strength, to try to figure out our own solution. That's, it requires us to stop and to trust God. Being still means we have to stop and trust God with everything. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. We are just so bad at trying to do things on our own. We love to try to figure things out on our own. I love to try to figure things out on my own. And it's just like, that's not what God had planned for us. God never wanted us to have to try to figure it out on his own. He wanted us to abide in him, to wait on him and get our strength from him, to trust in him, to fully lean all your weight on him. And as we are still in his presence, that is when we fully trust him and wait on him. The second thing that this verse says is uh, in Psalm 46. It says, and know that I am God. But I actually want to change this. And I want to say, instead of know that I'm God, we have to tell ourselves that he is God. You have to tell yourself that he is God. Because if you're a Christian in this room, you know he's God. That's easy. We, of course, you know that he's God. But sometimes, even though we know it, we have to tell, I have to tell myself that he is God. I have to tell myself who he is. I was doing it tonight. I do it every single day. I have to tell myself who God is. It's actually awesome. Um, Pastor Neil kind of did that as he came up. He's like, put your hand on your heart, raise a hand, and tell your flesh, tell your spirit, you know, that we are gonna come alive. You know, bless the, uh, what's the song? What's the song? Um, oh my goodness, I've forgotten it. But it's like we need to tell our souls, tell ourselves to come alive and to bless the Lord. You know, constantly. We forget, you know, the underlying fact. Yes, I know he's God, but it takes just one little thing and sometimes we forget. You know, it takes one struggle, one disappointment, and you know he's God, but is he really good? It takes one disappointment, and all of a sudden you're questioning his character, you're questioning whether he's really gonna come through. And then when that comes, when that struggle comes, that's all of a sudden, oh, grab back on the steering wheel again. I need control again, because I don't know if God can do it. I don't know if God can handle it. You know, this is why I love praise so much, praise songs where we declare who God is, 
is because it's just putting praise on our lips. It's just telling him who God is, reminding yourself who God is. It's so important to remind yourself who God is. You know, Hebrews 13 verse 15 says, through him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. You know, remember who he is. Remember his goodness. Remember his character. We're going to go through a couple of things. God is good. Amen. God is holy. He is faithful. He is eternal. He is strong and powerful. He is our ever-present help. He is never changing. He is love. He is sovereign. He is full of mercy. He is righteous and he is worthy of our praise. You know, literally just start to say it. You can say the same thing over and over again. You know what I did in a part where we were waiting in instrumental? I just started to say, God, you are good. Jesus, you are so good. I love you, God. You are my ever-present help. Literally just start to quote scripture, whatever it is. It doesn't need to be the most eloquent thing you ever said. Other people don't need to hear it. You're just telling yourself, tell yourself who God is because we forget so easily. We forget so easily who he is and we kind of get a little bit too comfortable with, oh yeah, I don't know if he can do it. He's God. He has all authority. Come on, let's give him some praise right now. Let's praise him for who he is. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just the simple act of praising him, what you just did, what we did at the start of the service, what we did throughout worship, just that simple act of telling God that He is God and that He is good, it starts to shake off any unbelief. It starts to shake off any negative feelings and it lifts your faith. I wanna tell you, every time you walk into church, make a commitment to be here for praise because it's praise that as you start to praise Him, it lifts your faith. You start to, you're missing out if you're missing praise. It's not just the start of the service. It's a really important part. As you praise Him, you remind yourself of who He is. The third thing that I wanna look at is that we need to fight for our attention. You need to fight for your attention. This is so important because like I said at the start, there is a battle for your attention. The whole everything, the whole world's trying to get your attention. Your attention, your eyes, what you look at is literally sold to companies. It's literally a commodity. Like, you know, your attention is worth money these days. It is fought for. It is it's like so much attention goes to your attention and you need to fight for it because the world is definitely fighting for it. And the devil, the devil is definitely fighting for it. Sometimes we're the only ones who aren't fighting for our own attention. We just kind of go here and we go there and we go wherever our attention leads us. Oh, okay, I'm thinking about this. Oh, I'm thinking about that. And we need to fight for it. We need to decide, no, I control where my attention is. I control who I give my attention to and who I give my praise to. You know, don't give up. When we wait on God, we're gonna worship and then wait on Him later on. Don't give up as soon as you start thinking about what you're gonna have for dinner tonight. Because I promise you, I promise you, a thought's gonna come at some point. It might be three seconds in. And some people would give up three seconds in. But you have to know that there's gonna be a distraction. You have to know that there's gonna be a thought that comes into your mind. You know, you have to equip yourself with weapons. You know, be ready to, to defend your attention. You know, pray in tongues in these moments. Here's some things. If you're in a moment waiting, and, you know, you're just like, I can't do this. My mind wanders too much. You know, start to pray in tongues. Start to pray in tongues. You know, once again, like we we're just talking about, start to put some praise on your lips. Start to tell God who He is. Start to tell Him who He is over and over and over. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Holy Spirit starts speaking to you and it's going to go into something else and something else. You know, you need to equip yourself. Don't just kind of sit back defenseless because if you do, oh, boom, your attention is going to get stolen straight away. You know, it's not a case of if you will get distracted, it's when you get distracted and it's how you respond. 
you know, I pray and worship a lot in my car. It's just, you know, a convenient thing to do. And so I put some worship music on and I'll worship and I'll pray and, you know, sometimes put an audio Bible on. But you know, pretty much every time I do that, see, here, here's the thing. It sounded like I was just like making myself look good. Now I'll bring myself back down. Is that uh, every time I do that, I'll find myself at some point, my mind has just wandered off into some random thought that makes no sense. I'm like, how the heck? Anyone else do that? Like your mind, you're driving. You don't even remember turning or doing anything for the last five minutes, but somehow you just got home. And so like, that's what happens. I'm like, I haven't worshipped. I haven't prayed. I have no idea what the man has just spoken to me in the Bible about for the last five minutes. And I'm like, where was I? Let me get back to that. Because it's just what happens. Our minds just, our attention gets stolen. But You know what the important thing is? It's not that my attention was taken away and my mind wandered somewhere else. It's in that moment that I decide, all right, let's bring the Bible back. Let's put the worship back on. I'm going to pray again. You don't just be like, oh man, like that was, what was I thinking about? And then you just kind of give up on the worship. It's like, oh man, I ruined my prayer. I ruined my worship. No, you get back into it. You need to get back on the horse. Tonight as we wait, come on, fight for your attention. Fight for that time with God. Fight on that time waiting on God. Can I just get the band up? And we're now to finish up, we're going to look at the story of someone who waited on God as we look at Mary and Martha. In Luke 10, starts in verse 38, it says this, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister, Mary, sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. You know, Martha is the one who'd welcomed Jesus into their home. Martha's the one that was preparing the big dinner. She's the one, she's taking care of everything. Like, you know, she's taking responsibility. But it was Mary who Jesus praised. It was Mary who Jesus commended for her choice. Jesus says, there is only one thing worth being concerned about. Only one thing worth being concerned about. You would think that if that's in the Bible, that's a pretty important thing to look at. What's the one thing worth being concerned about? It wasn't the big dinner. It wasn't what was happening that night. It was sitting at His feet. It was sitting at His feet, listening to His teaching, listening to Him speaking. The one thing worth being concerned about tonight isn't what you're having dinner for dinner after this, isn't who you're gonna chat to afterwards. It's not what's happening this week. The one thing worth being concerned about, the one thing worth giving your attention to is Jesus, is sitting at His feet and waiting on Him. You know, if you got so caught up in the doing that you forgot the importance of the waiting, if you got so caught up in the doing that you forgot how to wait, Your mind's just from here to here to here. And maybe you're really good at doing church stuff. Maybe you're the church's best volunteer, but you've forgotten how to wait on the Lord. The one thing worth being concerned about is waiting on Him. 